G'day legends, I'm Kat John and welcome to the Real Raw Relatable Podcast. I'm an authenticity coach and keynote speaker who is here to help you powerfully manage the thoughts in your head so you can listen to your heart and focus on what matters. Here in the podcast, I'll be sharing how to do this through real guidance, raw truths and relatable stories. G'day legends. Oh, I got the note. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are well. It is, well, where I am in the world, it is school holidays. And I've got to say, school holidays now with the girls, my stepdaughters being older, feels very different from when they were younger. Like we live in the house with two, you know, humans. Not that they were not humans when they were little, but they're very much their own self and they can cook. They don't clean, but they can cook. They can bath themselves and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I must say that I'm just, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying them. Um, I'm enjoying them as in the girls. I'm enjoying just them being around school holidays. Like this would be a time when I would have immense anxiety and it's probably due to a few things. I think one, um, six years into my relationship with Steve and being with this family. Um, so I've got, you know, time time and um, learning and reflecting and learning how to do things better uh, is definitely on my side. I also remember um, sharing with you very briefly at the start of the year I think I sent it in my January reflections email um, that prior when it was school holidays, I kind of almost didn't consider them. I didn't consider the school holidays. I just would would work all the way through them and I found that to be very stressful because I felt like I needed to be there for my clients. I felt like I needed to be there for the girls. And so then Steve and I would sort of miss out on us. Um, and I found that if clients wanted to come to the home, then, you know, I'd be like, oh, I want everything to be perfect in the house. And the, the cushions fluffed and chopped in the middle. Cause oh, we all know I love that. Um, and I, it's probably been the last three years where I have, I've calmed down from, you know, hectically working uh, always feeling like I need to work and have just thought, okay, on the school holidays, like I'm in a position where I can choose. Um, I've got my own business. I can choose to slow down periods of of time when it comes to being of service. And that's in my control. Like I can choose that. So why not choose that for when the girls are on school holidays? Um, and, you know, I guess I'm, I'm in, I'm in that now. I mean, I'm in the uh, spaciousness of, cool, you guys are home, want to hang, want to not hang. Uh, all right, I'm going to go do my thing. You're probably going to go do your thing, but then let's come back together. And there's just not this rushness that doesn't have to be there. And again, that's, uh, my choice. That's my lifestyle. Um, maybe it can be yours too, but you have a belief around, always needing to be on, always needing to be, always needing to be working because if you're not working, then what are you doing? And that's definitely the belief that, um, I have held and that is still very much alive inside of me. I just have far better management of it. 
Um, we do have uh, our youngest stepdaughter or my youngest stepdaughter. Uh, she's 14 and she's right in the middle of, you know, that that teen <laughs> beautiful, beautifulness. Um, <laughs> it's a tricky time. You know, it's push, it's pull, it's love, it's hate, it's uh, defiance and all of it. But a dear friend of mine, Kemi, uh, she sent me this. We, we were out um, and we were together sitting on her deck and we were having a chat and she sent me this letter. And if you haven't heard it, I would love to read it to you. For those of you, well, you've all been a teenager before um, and maybe you are a parent of a teenager or you are about to become a parent of a teenager. I really want to read this to you. I didn't write it. Um, a very wonderful human wrote it and... It's a letter, it's called The Letter Your Teenager Can't Write to You and it's by Gretchen Schmelzer, uh, written on June 23rd, 2015 and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. Dear parent, this is a letter I wish I could write. This fight we are in right now, I need it. I need this fight. I can't tell you this because I don't have the language for it and it wouldn't make sense anyway, but I need this fight badly. I need, you to, I need to hate you right now and I need you to survive it. I need you to survive my hating you and you hating me. I need this fight even though I hate it too. It doesn't matter what this fight is even about, curfew, homework, laundry, my messy room, going out, staying in, leaving, not leaving, boyfriend, girlfriend, no friends, bad friends. It doesn't matter. I need to fight you on it and I need you to fight me back. I desperately need you to hold the other end of the rope, to hang on tightly while I thrash on the other end, while I find the handholds and footholds in this new world I feel like I am in. I used to know who I was, who you were, who we were. I'm going to get emotional because I just am. But right now I don't. Right now I am looking for my edges and I can sometimes only find them when I'm pulling on you. When I push everything I used to know to its edge, then I feel like I exist and for a minute I can breathe. I know you know I know you long for the sweeter kid that I was. I know this because I long for that kid too. And some of that longing is what is so painful for me right now. I need this fight and I need to see that no matter how bad or big my feelings are, they won't destroy you or me. I need you to love me even at my worst, even when it looks like I don't love you. I need you to love yourself and me for the both of us right now. I know it sucks to be disliked and labelled the bad guy. I feel the same way on the inside. But I need you to tolerate it and get other grown-ups to help you. Because I can't right now. If you want to get all your grown-up friends together and have a surviving your teenager support group rage fest, that's fine with me. Or talk about me behind my back, I don't care. Just don't give up on me. Don't give up on this fight. I need it. This is the fight that will teach me that my shadow is not bigger than my light. This is the fight that will teach me that bad feelings don't mean the end of a relationship. This is the fight that will teach me how to listen to myself even when it might disappoint others. And this particular fight will end. Like any storm, it will blow over. And I will forget, and you will forget, 
and then it will come back and I will need you to hang on to the rope again. I will need this over and over for years. I know there is nothing inherently satisfying in this job for you. I know I will likely never thank you for it or even acknowledge your side of it. In fact, I will probably criticise you (laughs) for all of this hard work. It will seem like nothing you do will be enough, and yet I am relying entirely on your stability to stay in this fight. No matter how much I argue, no matter how much I sulk, no matter how silent I get, please hang on to the other end of the rope and know that you are doing the most important job (laughs) that anyone could possibly be doing for me right now. Love, your teenager. (sighs) Fucking hell. That. Oh, God, when Kemi sent me that, and I read it. I did exactly what I just did then. I cried because I thought of the time and the period of time with my eldest stepdaughter where I just thought it was going to be easier for me to leave. Um, I didn't want to her to feel like I had come into this family and disrupted it and taken her dad away and I just thought, well, you know what, it's just easier for me to go. And there were so many times where I just wanted to let go of that rope. Um, I just wanted to let go of it. I'm like, why oh, don't fucking have to be here? Why should I be here? It's it's harder with me here. Um, but fuck, I just remember that day. I I did a podcast about it. I remember that day when I had a breakthrough, and then before Steve had a breakthrough. And therefore Steve and my eldest stepdaughter Allegra had a breakthrough and we could all come back together. Um, And now Ali, she's nearly 17 and fuck, I love her. I love hanging out with her and of course she's going to hate me at times and of course I find her annoying and frustrating at times but I love her. Like I love hanging out with her. When I come home and I see her face smiling, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hang out with you and have a chat with you and um, just be in your presence. And we're going through that now with uh, my younger stepdaughter, Mia, and it's it's holding on to the rope. Um, I remember when... <laughs> Mia said when she was watching Ali go through that time, she's like, I promise I'll stay sweet and I won't be whatever. I promise I'll just say sweet, Miriam. We're like, yay. <laughs> now she's in it. We're like, no. <laughs> um, but it reminded me of, it also reminded me of my own teenage time when, ah, oh God, I would, I must have been such a thrasher on the end of that rope for my mum and my dad, especially from my for my mum and her culture and her upbringing being a Filipino, um, just the utmost respect for elders and oh, did I challenge that? Did I challenge that? Um, and for my dad too, you know, and I remember coming into 18, 19, I was out partying, taking drugs, like – being, you know, reckless, absolutely reckless with my life. Um, My parents didn't let go of the rope. They just stepped back a little bit. And, you know, the whole time throughout my teenage years, they they held onto the rope. 
Um, sometimes it felt like they were a little too close in their holding and, and I did. I hated them, just wanted them to fuck off. Uh, give me space, let me be me, you know, let me figure out this life on my own. I can do it, I don't need you, that kind of tood. Um, yeah, 18, 19, when I think that they could see that they needed to step back in order for me to step back in as myself. Um, I felt their their distance. Like I said, they didn't let go of the rope, but I, you know, they they, they definitely had a conversation where they thought like if we hold on anymore, if we keep doing it the way we're doing it, we're going to push her all the way away. Uh, and that distance, it it brought me back in because I thought, oh, where's their love? Where's their checking in? Where's their constant hounding? Um, yeah, it made me realise like, fuck, I do, I do love them and uh, I know that they love me and that was their way of showing their love and care when they didn't know any other way. Um. So, yeah, today is just a, a, a real share around one of my stepdaughters is through the, the main gauntlet of teenagehood and one of my others is right in the middle of it. Um, but that letter, that letter and time and readjusting a few things in my life of, okay, cool, when it's school holidays, let's just hang out. Let's let's just be, be with these little beings. It doesn't have to be every moment of the day and every second we have to have something planned, but it's make yourself available. You know, like these these two girls, Ali and Mia, are like I've, I'm choosing not to have my own biological children. That is That is a choice. Um, and I've, I speak to a few people about this. I just ran into a guy on uh, the canal and we were talking the other day about do you have kids? No, I don't have kids. And he cho- chose not to have kids either and he's got stepchildren. And I was saying to them, saying to him that these two girls have opened up my heart in ways that I didn't know was needed. I didn't know was needed and and maybe I wouldn't have my heart opened like I have f- because of them you know, and I guess I'm just at a time in my life where I'm deeply thankful. I'm deeply thankful they're in my life. I'm deeply thankful that I'm with a man who has children and believe fucking me, there are times where I'm not thankful. There are times where I wish it was another way. No different to I'm sure they wish that I wasn't in their life sometimes, you know, that's just being real. But at my, the level of my heart, um, I am thankful because, you know, so much of my protective wall, barrier, keeping people out, uh, my at times obsessive compulsive tendencies, like so much of that is being challenged to ease the fuck up on, to ease the fuck up on. And I have them to thank to be the instigators, even though they weren't intentionally being the instigators. I have myself to thank for doing that work and giving enough of a fuck to do that work, to not sweep the floors a thousand times a day or to not uh, wipe the bench every moment that they leave a cup and there's a little bit of fucking water underneath the cup, you know, condensation, Um, or to have all the the pillows um, chopped and fluffed in every corner 
of the house and all those types of things. Like maybe I would have come to that at some point. Maybe I wouldn't have. But all I can say is that I'm thankful. And again, girls, I know you don't listen to my podcast now, but in case you ever do, um, thank you. Thank you also for not letting go of the rope when it comes to me. Um, you've just, you've, you've, you've opened me up in ways that I didn't even know I needed to be opened up. Um, so yeah, school holidays, I'm enjoying them. And it's nice to be able to say that. Um, nice to be able to just hang about and have chats and actually smile when I see them and not feel intense anxiety when I come home worried if the house is going to be dirty or clean or whatever else. Like those six years of being in this family have just softened so much of that rigidness um, and conditional love. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I guess I've, I've also found my place with them. In the beginning it was like, okay, I'm not their mum I'm not their auntie. I'm not their big sister. I, I guess I was trying to find a, a label um, to help me know how to navigate this. And I, where I have landed now that I know I'm putting a name to it but it doesn't feel like a label specifically, I'm their safe place. I'm their safe space um, to chat to me about all the things that they don't want to chat to their parents about, uh, where they want to ask questions about the world and they don't feel embarrassed. And I love that. Like I love that I have that with them. I don't need to be their mum. I don't need to be their dad. But fuck yeah, I can be a safe place. Um, and that's what I have really been in the practice of becoming over the last six years and not closing myself up and not shutting down and because that, that's definitely my pattern. Um these girls have been, like I said, that instigator, even that invitation to be like, we're looking for a safe space. Can you be that? And I guess there's that response in me that says, fuck yeah, I want to be. And one day I will be. Um, and I get it. When they were younger, you know, we had to, it was just harder. It was a harder chapter of our life. They were younger. They were more dependent. Um, was a bit more exhaustive and all, all of us still finding our feet as a foursome. But, um, yeah, it's cool to enjoy school holidays and not roll my eyes and actually want to hang out. So that's my real share today. Thank you, Treasures, for listening to today's episode of the Real, Raw, Relatable podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some goodness out of it and that it resonated. If it did, I would love you to rate and review the podcast if you haven't already or share it onto someone who you know could do with hearing today's message. You can also share your gratitude through a donation. Down in the show notes, it has two options to support the show. The one that is first and in bold, you can choose to create a subscription and the one at the bottom says support the show also, you can choose to offer a one-off donation. Totally up to you, whatever you feel called to. Otherwise, it's just awesome that you're here, listening in and sharing this message on with people who you love. If you live in old Melbourne town, I've got some events coming up. 
April 30th is Sunday Meds and I'd love for you to come and experience that if you haven't already. It's a beautiful morning of real chats, meditation, journaling and community sharing. If you are missing, if you are missing that feeling of humanity, of community, of being supported by a wonderful, wonderful group of people, I highly encourage you to come to this. If you've been before, I'd love to see your face again. And then on Tuesday, May 23rd, it is the Zero Fucks Tuesday live dance event. 300 people in a room dancing sober, active wear. It's lit. If you haven't been before, this is a must experience. It's like transporting back in time to when you were younger, surrounded by awesome humans, dancing, being free and liberated. So that's Tuesday, the 23rd of May. And I highly encourage to come to those because I'll be taking a break for a little while while Steve and I go on our big scenic trip to Europe. And then the events will kick back in July. I hope you have an ace week ahead. And I'm sending you lots of love. And I'll see you squeaky clean in your earballs next Monday. Peace be with you. <laughs>